You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. This episode of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, and they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day, only through BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced, so you can give you some, her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Some big news, of course, going on with Arkansas basketball as we had Gus Arginal officially introduced as the newest assistant coach for Razorback basketball. We knew this a couple days ago, but now we got actually got a chance to to meet with him and catch up with him. And it's it's kind of interesting because he's a fascinating guy and a guy that's been around a long time who has coached with Eric Musselman even before uh, arriving in Arkansas when he was back in Nevada. So there's a connection between these two coaches, and it's just funny, too, because I always heard about how, you know, Eric Musselman's this tyrant and tough to work for, and coaches don't like him and all this stuff. Well, apparently this guy does because he is coming back to try to make things work with Eric Musselman, and we're going to talk a lot more about him and, well, some other things going on, of course, as we are now joined by Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio here on the phone lines. Aaron, appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? Well, John, I mean, I, I don't know if I know him any better than you do. I mean, I saw you guys trade in restaurant tips. I don't know if you guys got like a double date plan this weekend or what, but I, I go on Twitter and it's like the, the, the back and forth love affair seems official and, and very real, my man. I try to do that with new coaches that come to Fayetteville. I just hit him up with some restaurant ideas. And, and he was the latest one. But now that he followed me back on Twitter, man, we're besties now. Ooh. Like, we're, we're going to be hanging out. But well, okay. I'll, I'd be careful if I was him about those DM slides. But, you know, <laughs> the, he's a married man, John, okay? Just be, just be aware, okay? Well, thanks for the heads up, man. I'll try to tread lightly on that one, Aaron. But, uh, you know, obviously the, this was something that Razorback fans were pretty interested about because – uh, anytime you see some coaches leave or whatnot, there's always reasons behind it. And, of course, David Patrick uh, just left recently, and they've yet to fill his his void there on the coaching staff. But what can you tell us about Gus Arginal? Because just from the press conference we had today with him in the media, very well-spoken. Uh, it seems like a guy that uh, really has a good head on his shoulders. But what do you know about him and what he can bring to Arkansas? Yeah, no, I, I know Coach Gus well. Um, you know, he is um, somebody I got to know a little bit when Coach Moss was at Nevada uh, I, I think it's a great, I think it's a great, great situation for both sides. And I know he talked a lot today about when Coach Musk came. You know, he was kind of in that transition of interviewing for head coaching jobs and this, that, and the other thing. Sometimes timing in life doesn't work out, but but it's all come full circle. And so I think what stands out is, I mean, you guys obviously got a chance to see him. He's young. He's personable. Um, you know, co-players really like him. When I was up in Nevada. Um, you know, he was, you know, after practice going over film with players and getting an extra work and all the kind of stuff that, 
obviously is legal under NCAA rules. I mean, you know, there's a limitation to how much you can work with guys, but really just one of those guys that, that's really able to go above and beyond. Uh, he mentioned it. I actually watched a little bit of the press conference knowing I was coming on with you, John, and he kind of mentioned, hey, when you work for Coach Muss, you recruit all over the country. And so I think he feels confident in his recruiting abilities. And then finally what I would say is, um, you know, he, he, I think the big thing is he has worked for Coach Muss, and he knows what expectations are. He knows what um, you know what a work day looks like, but he also knows on the back end what the results look like, and, and that's the big thing to me is that um, you know Coach Muss obviously has a reputation. He you know it, it's not easy to work uh, under him, but the results speak for itself. And so I think the fact that Coach Gus kind of has an idea, Coach Arsenal has an idea of. Uh, you know, what, he even said it. You know, if we had to practice in ten minutes, I, I kind of have an idea of what Coach Moss would want, where I would be, what station I would go to, what drill we would do next, uh, and I just think that that type of kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That type of um, just kind of understanding is just so 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 important when you come in coming off a historic season like last year. Aaron, what was his path like after Nevada, and now he's reuniting with Coach Muss? Yeah, so he was he was at you know he interviewed for several head coaching jobs, including the University of Nevada after Coach Muss left, and, and and I believe he may have actually been second in that search behind Steve Alford, who ultimately got the job. And at the end of the day, when the former UCLA head coach is available, a basketball icon, a college basketball icon like Steve Alford, it's hard to turn down. And then from there, he went down to um, to Cal State Fullerton, and you know what I would say is. That is a historically a very successful program. Uh, they've made a few NCAA tournaments under Dedrick Taylor, who is uh, who um, is there right now. Um, it's a weird league. It's the league that had UC Santa Barbara, which is uh, which almost beat Creighton in the first round of the tournament last year. Irvine, which has had some success, but they've had a lot of success. But it's one of those weird leagues where basically you're going to go in the out of conference and you're going to take a lot of losses. So don't let the win loss record fool you. And then on top of that, I would say this year. Uh, being in California with the COVID restrictions, I think everybody uh, had challenges at the low and mid-major level. I mean, I, I, I could be mistaken on this, but I'm pretty sure they went something like, you know, a month without a game and then without even having a practice had to get on a bus and go play a game that night. And so those were kind of some of the limitations and restrictions that, that we were dealing with out here. I know, it's, I believe anyway, that it's a lot looser down there, but he has been with uh, Cal State Fullerton for two years. Like I said, Dedrick Taylor, who's there, is a really well-respected guy in basketball circles, and that's kind of what he's been doing since he was with Coach Muss in Nevada. We'll continue our discussion with Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio here in just a second. But folks, i got to tell you about Built Bar and how they have so many great different flavors and things that – I've been telling you about it because I love them. I eat them every morning before work. It gives me the energy that I am needed, and – it's also really healthy because they taste so amazing because they have not only nine delicious different flavors, and they also have a few limited time ones as well, but the best thing about them is that they are healthy. And before Mother's Day, you can get mom a whole box of Built Bars. Why not? She needs to be healthy too. She needs to feel good, and she needs to taste some fine food. So why not get her some Built Bar? Send her a box. Be sure that to make it her favorite flavor, at least for a while, until you get the next box of Built Bars. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
You know, one of the questions that Coach Arginal was asked today, and I thought it was a great question because I've heard so many things, and even we've talked about it, Aaron, is you know what it's like to work with Eric Musselman. Because we've always heard about him being this tyrant, being this guy that's really difficult, that has because his expectations are so high and he demands so much out of you. And we've seen coaches already leave Arkansas. I'm not saying that's the reason they left, but there's been a few coaches leave. But this guy comes back to Eric Musselman. So is there maybe a little bit more to that where it's not like he's just this tyrant that's difficult to work for? Because, hey, obviously he was good enough and respected enough from Coach Arginal to come back and coach with him once again. Well, you know, I think it's a great question, John. What I would say to that is I think he's, he's really difficult to, to work for. But, John, you've been around this game a long time. I mean, I've heard the same thing about Nick Saban, and, and I'm not claiming that Eric Musselman is the Nick Saban of basketball or anything like that, but, you know, the great ones usually are hard to work for. The great ones are going to push themselves. They're going to push the players. They're going to push, um, you know, they're going to push their assistant coaches, their staff. And what I would say is the results speak for themselves with Eric Musselman. I mean, you know, um, uh, Coach Arjun, I'll talk a little bit about it on, on today's show or on today's press release or whatever where, you know, they were basically a play away from going to the Elite Eight at Nevada. They were in the top ten for an entire season, uh, you know, in, in, in Coach Muss's final year. Obviously, we saw what Coach Muss did this year in the Elite Eight, and I would say this, John, I think we'll get kind of lost in the shuffle. If Isaiah Joe doesn't get hurt in the, the in Coach Muss's first season, that's, that's a team that is comfortably in what was the NCAA tournament that never got played, and I think that kind of gets lost because of the success of this year. And so... Yeah, I, I, I do think Coach Muss is hard to work for. Do I know that for a fact? I mean, I've never worked for the man, you know. But on the flip side, what I would say is I do think when you can go to a place like Arkansas, um, you know, I, I think what I would say is when you can go to a place like Arkansas where you're going to be paid well, where you're going to have every resource available to you, and where you're going to win. Like like if Coach Muss was, was finishing ninth in the SEC – and, you know, it wasn't working, then you kind of start to scratch your head and say, is this all worth it? But I just think when you have the opportunity to, obviously, financially, you're going to put your family in a better position. But more importantly, you're going to work in a school that gives you every opportunity to win. And a coach that now has a, a multi-year track record last four, five, six years of doing nothing but winning, I think it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of a push-pull. Yeah, I'm going to work really hard, but if we're getting the results, it's probably worth it. Aaron, you're also familiar with Coach David Patrick, so why does he leave Arkansas to go to Oklahoma with the same position? It's a great question. I, I don't know all of the specifics behind it. Um, I really couldn't tell you. You know, I don't know if he has a previous relationship with Porter Mosier or what the deal is. I don't know if he believes that ultimately this is an opportunity to um, you know, put himself in better position to get another head coaching job. And, like, look, I mean, let's never forget he was the head coach at, at Cal State. Uh, what was it? Where, where did he come uh, from? UC Riverside. Uh, Riverside. Mm -hmm. UC Riverside, baby. Same conference as Coach Arjunal. So uh, he was at Riverside. That is a, an impossible job, by the way. I'll just tell you guys right now. I've been there. The facilities at uh, most Arkansas high schools are better than UC Riverside. But, you know, he was a head coach. He wants to get back to being a head coach. I get it. Um, and maybe he feels like this is a move that he has to make. Maybe it, maybe he feels like he's in position long-term, or maybe he, it just being an assistant under Eric Musselman wasn't what he was expecting. I'll be perfectly honest. I really don't have any great insight into uh, what exactly happened. But, again, um, you know, you can't sit here and say that the, the, the year under Coach Musselman wasn't worth it because you go to an Elite Eight, you put yourself in position to get another job, and then I know for a fact he was interviewing for a few head coaching jobs. And so, 
uh, you know, even if it was just one year at Arkansas, put him in really good position for the future. And he does have a previous relationship with Coach Moser, but he had one with Coach Muss as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what's been reported, what's out there. I just know that, um, you know, I, I, I really can't speak to anything else other than what I said. So, which being with Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio right now here on Out of Bounds. Uh, Aaron, also uh, a thing that's kind of been going on too is just people have been seeing just in this past few days, Arkansas, you know, hey, they lost another assistant coach, which we just mentioned, David Patrick. They lost a couple of other players. One of them was already on the roster with Bebe, and then another one who was committed for the 2021 season, uh, decommitted mainly because of David Patrick and his relationship with him. But, you know, some people are just, you know, kind of con- not concerned, but just kind of like, you know, this seems a lot. You know, you've had players leave, you've had two coaches leave already. I think I feel like we've discussed this before, but for Razorback fans' sake, they just need to get used to the fact that under Eric Musselman, there's going to be turnover not only in the roster but also in the coaching staff as well. Yeah, I saw the rival site. I don't know if the article is available for everybody. I'm sure most people listening probably are aware of what I'm talking about. I saw the rival site did a breakdown, and I don't know. Again, I didn't read it, so I don't know exactly what it said. But this is the reality. And, and what I'll say is, you know, the coaching stuff. Yes, you would love to keep staffs in place longer, and I know some every circumstance is different, right? Uh, Chris Crutchfield got a, a head coaching job, even at the D2 level, it was still, in fact, a head coaching job, and maybe that's what he wanted at that particular moment in his career, um, on and on and on and on and on. Um, but what I would also say is, as far as the player movement, you know, this is just the reality of college basketball in 2021, and I, I'm sure I've talked to you guys about it. I wish it wasn't this way. I was never somebody that believed that the one-time transfer rule was a good thing for college basketball. But it's what's going on, it's where we are, and it isn't changing. And so, yeah, I think we all wish we lived in a world where we could get to know these players for two, three, four years. And, and hey, look, maybe the name, image, likeness stuff helps. Maybe, you know, a player, so say, um, you know, whoever, say Devo Davis next year is a fringe, you know, first-round pick or whatever, but he can, excuse me, come back to Arkansas and make a little bit of money, you know, through name, image, and likeness. Maybe it's worth it for him to come back for a junior year, for a senior year. But, you know, as far as the play, the coaching staff stuff, yes, it is concerning. I, I would say no doubt. Um, but on top of that, as far as the players are concerned, like, this is just a new world, man. And it's crazy to me. And every circumstance is different. And you guys know where I stand on this stuff. And there's always good reasons for players to leave. And there's legitimate reasons for players to leave. Um, but kind of at the same time, what I would also say is that this is just the world that we live in, and unfortunately, whether we like it or not, it's not going anywhere. When you look at the Razorback roster, do you think that this is uh, – there are now three available scholarships? Do you feel good about the roster as it is and Coach Muss and how he's able to coach? And even the players that left, how they would even factor into this roster anyway – so are you a believer that every every scholarship needs to be filled, or do you think this roster is fine the way it is? It's a great question. You know, I, I believe kind of – I think we live in a world, and, and it's because of a lot of the transfer stuff, I, I think we live in a world going forward where most places are not going to have a full 13 scholarships because you used to be able to redshirt guys. You know, it's something I've talked to, like, Scott Drew about. Scott Drew talks pretty regularly about they have built that program on redshirt. Avion Mitchell, who was, uh, you know, Arkansas fans are obviously very familiar with, was a redshirt. Macy Oteep was a redshirt. Um, but now that you can't, you're, you're not really going to probably redshirt transfers, players aren't going to sit out, are you going to fill those 13 scholarships? In most places, the answer is no. 
Now, maybe the culture is so good. Maybe Baylor is reaching out to players and saying, hey, we want you to come, but you need to sit out for a year to, to transition, and maybe if, if that at Baylor works. But in most places, kids want to come in, they want to play right away. And so I think that the idea of having a full 13 scholarships is probably going to be a little bit of a thing of the past. Now, do I, first of all, do I like next year's personnel? I do. The three transfers with Devo Davis, with Jalen Williams, with J.D. Note, uh, I like them. I really do. Uh, do I think maybe you need another biggish type body? I don't think it would hurt. Am I excited to see what you get from K.K. Robinson? I am. It does feel like Coach Moss, for whatever reason, is pursuing more guards. I, that one, I don't know, because it feels like as of right now, you have five pretty good guards on the roster with Devo, KK, um, J.D. Note, and the two transfers. But um, it doesn't feel as though the roster is complete. And, you know, maybe there is a scenario where Coach Moss brings in kind of a developmental player or just maybe he fills it in with another, with another guy or two in the front court. But, that, to me, strikes me as what is needed to kind of fill out this roster, but it remains to be seen uh, you know, if he'll actually go that route or another route, but it seems as though he's still actively recruiting the portal. We'll continue our discussion with Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio here in just a second. First, I've got to tell you about BetOnline.ag being the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. To get all the latest news, odds, and info of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and, of course, your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-on bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked on. That's right. 50% welcome to bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked on at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Let's switch gears with you for a little bit, Aaron, because uh, we've been talking about a bunch of different things today, but this Aaron Rodgers situation. It's fascinating. Sure. Like I feel like it's almost like watching an HBO series with a lot of drama where every day it's something different. You don't really know how it's going to end, but you can't wait until the epic conclusion. How do you see this playing out? Do you think Aaron Rodgers returns to Green Bay in 2021, or is he with another team? How do you feel like this plays out? Um, yeah, I would say, John, it's a fascinating story. Um, you know, I did a little bit of a, a podcast the night of the NFL draft, and, and when I, when it first happened, I really felt like it was kind of just Aaron Rodgers kind of um, trying to embarrass the Green Bay Packers, you know, the same way they embarrassed him last NFL draft. I just felt like if you really want to be traded, uh, making that public an hour before the draft when teams that would be interested in trading for you, notably your hometown San Francisco 49ers, I didn't think it made sense. But, look, as time goes on increasingly, it's clear that, that he's not backing down. And, and <laughs> it was funny, John, I did see the report that he was calling – um, you know, the GM of the Packers, you know, Jerry Krause, you know, <laughs> off of the, 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 the last dance in the Chicago Bulls. But I'll be honest, on my, on my radio show on Saturday, my partner and I were talking a lot about that is I don't understand this idea of these front office people that have a great thing going and just want to blow it up to prove that they can do it themselves. You know, it's like to me, if I had Tom Brady, it'd be like, yeah, no, I mean, if that guy's still getting me to Super Bowls, I think I want to keep the guy that's still getting me to Super Bowls. And I know his last year he lost to the Titans, blah, 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 this and that. But, like, you have Tom Brady, you have Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I would want to put my ego aside. It's like, hey, I have 
one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But let me go prove I can do it. My, it's like, what are you doing? Just stay, let him stay another two or three years, win another Super Bowl, make another Super Bowl, whatever. Uh, you're going to keep getting extensions and raises. And I, I don't get it, John, but it does feel like there is a real kind of line in the sand between the two sides. And I really didn't think, you know, month Friday night, uh, you know, Friday afternoon after the uh, first round of the NFL draft that he would actually be traded. But now it really feels like he might be done with Green Bay. Who's ultimately to blame here for this? Is it somebody, is it the GM, uh, you know, someone else in the front office or the coach, Matt LaFleur? Because there have been different situations that have come to light as to why Aaron Rodgers wants out. It's not just, it doesn't just point to one thing. There are several things that have come together. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, we all, I mean, listen, right? We, we're all fans. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is any different than us sitting there on draft night last year seeing the Packers trade up to draft a quarterback. And I get that, you know, the situation was, a you know, same thing happened to him. The, the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers to replace Brett Favre, and that was a rocky deal. But the Packers didn't trade up. And this is a different world that we live in than when Aaron Rodgers was drafted in the sense that, you know, you get these quarterbacks on rookie contracts, you basically got to play them right away. I mean, you maybe have a year with a Patrick Mahomes or a, a whoever if, 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 if your team is good enough. But at a certain point, you have that window with quarterbacks on their rookie contracts, and you have to take full advantage of it. And so it was clear when Jordan Love um, was drafted that Aaron Rodgers' time in Green Bay was coming to a much quicker close in the Packers' mind than I think any of us, or at least he and probably Aaron Rodgers as well. Still the great Aaron's, by the way, I must say. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think we had the same thought. And so is it strictly that before? Is it Jordan Love? I think you're right, man. It's like, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of different variables, but I think it all stems back to that, that draft night of last year, um, you know, where, we're, we're, you know, I, I mean, I know I had that reaction of, oh, man, like this is not far Rodgers. This is a lot of a different deal. Aaron Rodgers' time is ticking, and you know Aaron Rodgers obviously to use like a really bad pun did turn back time this year and played out of his mind. I don't know what's going to happen, guys. I really don't. And what I would say too, really quickly, and I'll get it back to you, is like this is what's fascinating to me is you know I see stuff about the Broncos and the this and the that, and it, it comes back to what I said when. Um, you know, other guys have demanded trades. You know, let's use Deshaun Watson. Obviously, he's got bigger legal issues to worry about. Football is the last thing on his mind at this particular moment. But, you know, Russell Wilson, whatever. Russell Wilson is saying, I'll get traded to the Raiders or the, the Bears. It's like, I'm not saying the Seahawks are the perfect organization, but you really want to go to Chicago? You really want to go to the Vegas Raiders? And so that's what I'm curious about with, with Rodgers is, how many teams is he willing to go to? And is it so bad that he's willing to go to a team that, frankly, maybe isn't even better set up to win, potentially like the Broncos or somebody else like that? Well, Aaron, as always, man, we appreciate you coming on and uh, great stuff and great content as always, dude. And uh, I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road. All right, my man? All right. Sounds good, John. Stay out of those DMs, okay? <laughs> I will do, man. Appreciate it. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are 
Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 